Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'd like, to thank you for tuning in to the show. As always, I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 82nd edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. First thing we're about to do for this week is we're about to recap UFC 215. Uh, they had their pay per view last week. Uh, first thing we're about to get into is RDA versus Magni. Uh, Darnell, uh, RDA finished that fight quick, man. Um, you think he's back in this beast form? I'm not going to go that far, uh, but he did look good at 170 uh, against somebody that, you know, has uh, took a loss lately, but, you know, Magni has been pretty consistent, had set up pretty long win streak for himself, but uh, RDA had a perfect game plan for him. Uh, being the smaller fighter, he, you know, immediately got inside of range and did what he needed to do. And smothered him and got him out of there quickly. Yeah, man. RDA uh, seemed like he just had the perfect formula for that fight and just went in there and just closed it out quick. Uh, not really that much to uh, add to that performance, man. He just did, went in there and just did his thing. Um, what did you think about him calling out your boy Woodley uh, afterwards, man? Uh, you know, like I said, uh, Maybe feeling himself big time after that fight. I uh, think you just say you still want to see a little bit more from him. So you think he's not ready for Woodley? No, he's not ready for Woodley. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get you. You want to call out the biggest name you can or whatever, but come on, man. Like, you're new to the division. You took some losses at your weight class. Let's, you know, at least show you earn, earn something first. Yeah. You know, I, I feel the same way. I like to see, you know, got another good fight from him uh, with a big name guy um, to see uh, just how he would do. Because you know, after he uh, took that L from uh, Alvarez, uh, he was a little bit shaky. So uh, him uh, moving up a little bit of weight uh, could definitely have helped him. Uh, but just, yeah, I want to see a little bit more before he calls out uh, Woodman. So. And I think Willie right now, I think he's taking it easy, uh, waiting to see if he can get GSP next. So uh, I think he's going to have to wait a little bit for Willie anyway. All right, up next, uh, Shevchenko versus Nunez, man. Uh, a lot of people were pissed off about the uh, this fight, including uh, Shevchenko. Uh, she felt as if she's won the fight. Um, what were your thoughts on that fight, man? I mean, it was a close fight. It was razor thin. Uh, I think both fighters fought well. Uh, I'm not going to be, be mad at anybody that feels like Shevchenko won the fight, but I can also see why the judges, well, two of the three judges went with uh, Nunez. She was, uh, with some judges, uh, cage control is big. And yeah. a lot for a lot of the fight, Nunez was the one that was going forward. Uh, Shevchenko is a she's a, she's a counter striker, so she was using a lot of that. Uh, she was landing good punches, so I mean she was getting off. So like I said, th there was good punches being landed, and she was even aggressive off of the two takedowns that uh, Nunez got on her, fighting off of her back. Yeah. But uh, but like I said, I, I can see both sides of it. Uh, I think I, I'm I'm fine with the decision. I wouldn't have been mad 
head if it went Shevchenko's way as well. But I mean, I, I, I do think it like if, uh, if the UFC decided to grant a rematch on that one, I'm not mad at either because the fight was so close. Yeah. You know, I, I can agree with you on that one. Uh, this fight was very close. Um, would like to see it just a little bit, uh, become a little bit better and stuff like that. I think it was a little boring, um, as well, but, uh, you know, they went in there, uh, both girls, you know, had a right to argue that they were, could have been champion, uh, just with Chef Shinko's, uh, case. He's a challenger. Sometimes, sometimes when you're the challenger, you have to go out there and, you know, clearly show the judges that, hey, you know, I'm better than the champion. So this could have been, it's a situation where she just didn't show enough to the judges that, you know, hey, I deserve to be a uh, champion. So it's, you know, it's definitely, I could definitely understand, um, Valentina's, uh, frustration with this one. Um, it would be tough because this was their second fight. You know, usually once someone wins, uh, the first two, it's hard to justify a third one. Uh, but this was, like I said, this was a very close fight. I wouldn't have been mad if it went the other way or whatnot, but, um, it'd just be interesting to see because, yeah, she's 0-2 versus Nunez. So would Dana really have a reason for part three between the two? Yeah. As the old saying goes, don't leave it in the hands of the judges. Yep. And she did, so, you know, if she would have went out there and knocked her out or submitted her or whatever, you know, wouldn't have been no need for it. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, I can understand her frustration, you know. She could have just, with different judges, could have definitely scored it for her. But, you know, you like I said, you can't leave it up in the judges' hands. Now, up next, uh, get it to John Jones, man. I tested positive uh, for his sample B. Um, and just got word that Daniel Cormier, he's a new champion. Uh, shout out to my man Ty. He called the, uh, took a little while for them to get the clear winner, I guess, but, uh, you know, Cormier's a champ. So, uh, 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 of course. Yeah. <laughs> you saw it coming, I guess. So, a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, yeah. The, the unofficial, official call. Yeah. So, man, uh, just what are y'all thoughts on this, man? Uh, you know, y'all think uh, they should just gave it to Cormier uh, or, you know, had a fight uh, to see uh, who deserves it or what, you know, and what about Jones with that sample B? Well, I, I think the right call is made to, you know, they, they called it a no contest and Cormier gets his belt back. That's just kind of... That's the way it should be. Uh, Jones went into the fight with a unfair advantage as far as looks like he's been still juicing and, you know, taking, uh, what he popped for was like, uh, an estrogen pill basically, uh, which is common for, uh, supplementing if you're taking a steroid. Uh, you know, this, as as I call him, this John can't get right Jones. So I think the right call was made, and he, Jones is probably about to go bye bye for a long time. And uh, I feel bad for you know pretty much everybody. Like the fans didn't get a true fight. Cormier didn't get a fight against Jones clean, and you know, and 
Jones once again can't get out of his own way and uh, by his own doing is uh, depriving the fans of having him around and uh, giving entertainment to entertaining fights. Yeah. Just just a quick question if I could jump in. Do, yeah. do you guys think that maybe there needs to be and I, I guess I don't really know if there's a term for it or anything, but do you think that the drug result, the drug test results need to come back before they're even allowed to fight? Because it would completely avoid this. Would it not? And, and in a, in a perfect world, they would do that, but I mean, this is a business, so. Yeah. I don't. I don't think the UFC would want to. Yeah, they don't want to lose all that pay per view money. Because I mean, imagine if Friday night we found out that James uh, Jones popped positive and was getting pulled from that fight. Who's buying it? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, like it's it's it. Like I said, it it screws us. I mean, we do still have the memory of this fight, and you know, it was a an amazing knockout that Jones got. But you know. uh, them's breaks, but yeah, uh, the UFC wanted to make their money. Uh, they, you know, the last yeah. thing they ever want to do is pull a, a fight like that before yeah. it happens. Yeah, like, a, yeah, for the for the fighters, uh, just because they go up in there, man, and you know, if somebody's testing positive, you know, that's giving them advantage, and this is already a brutal sport where just one punch or kick or whatever can. Yeah, it's, it's putting so, people's lives in yeah. danger. So for that, absolutely, you know, for the fighters' health, yes. But like I said, this is it's about that money, man, especially with Dana White. So when it comes to that, um, you know, he's, he's got to bring in the cheese, man. So it's for the fighters, absolutely. But at the end of the day, money needs to be made. So. Uh, now, what do you guys think about uh, the suspension for Jones? I know I was telling you before we started, Darnell, that uh, Bisping was saying that Jones should be banned for life. Uh, doubt that will happen, um, but, you know, it's, it's getting close uh, to that time, man, if he keeps this up. But what do you what are you thinking, man? I think two years, uh, I was hearing some people talking about four or, you know, like what are, what's your, what are, you, what are you guys' thoughts on the suspension? I mean, it has to be more than two. I mean, they gave him one the last time, and he didn't learn from it. So, I mean, it has to be at least two. And I'm, I'm basically fine with whatever is laid out. The, the rules have been set. Uh, have multiple uh, pops for banned substances. You know, you're, you're putting your career in your hands. And I mean, he, he wanted to keep testing fate, and, and I don't, I don't know if it was just a keep uh i'm not sure why he feels he he needed to do this yeah uh but you know if if it's just to try to keep the claim to being the best fighter ever or become the best fighter ever keep that pound for pound ranking you you think this was 100 percent intentional you know no maybe just something with the diet that he was unaware about you think this was 100 percent jones knowingly doing this being that he already pop positive he has for, a record, man. Yeah. yeah, it's it, it's hard to give the benefit of the doubt after that. Yeah. I mean, like, like if he only had the cocaine charge and this happened, then like I could still be like, hey, this is two different things. This is a street drug, and 
this is a steroid. Maybe, maybe he did take a supplement that he didn't know what was in it, but yeah. he already had a year long expense, ex, uh, year, year long, uh, seat from, from fighting because of taking a banned substance. So, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, or fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And I'm not, I'm not getting fooled. So, no, I, I he, he would have to show me proof that he didn't know how to do it, and I don't think that's happening. So, yeah, I, th- I think he just he, he gets whatever suspension they give, and I'm not one that's going to be sitting there saying it's too long. Yeah. Just sucks, man, because, you know, he's at the prime of his career, man, especially if he gets a four-year suspension. Uh, he definitely uh, could not be the same the next time he gets into that ring, man, with that rust and just time off. So it's people are continually to evolve in a sport and, you know, get better. And you having four years off, that's definitely hurting. So, Yeah, as amazing of an athlete as he is, uh, yeah, four years, I'm not, I don't even think he comes back from that to be on top of uh, MMA again. You got any thoughts on that, Ty? Yeah, you know, I fall right in line with Darnell. You know, I don't know how you can call something that happens more than once an accident, uh, especially when, you know, you're looking at, what, the biggest UFC fight of the year. And if he, you know, if, if it were, if it were an accident, say, say, you know, some of the, John Jones camp's going to be defending him and giving him the benefit of the doubt. You know, I, I just don't see how you can, you know, see see that see that fight and not think that he's trying to give himself some advantage, any advantage if he can. It's it's the biggest fight of the year. It'll would that be the biggest UFC payout of the year? Uh. Or, Maybe not. It, well, in terms well, of paper, with, with pay-per-view with, Right now, definitely. probably, yeah, but GSP's yeah, coming up, so that could... True. Yeah. And, you know, pay-per-view buys, that'll be the number one UFC fight. Like, there was just way too much at stake to think that this is an accident. Like, by doing that, John Jones has everything to lose. There's nothing for him to gain doing that. It's just everything to lose at this point. And, you know, one time, that's one thing. Repeat offender... I'm probably not going to defend you. Stop. Stop, but that's how it is. And, you know, wouldn't you think after, you know, testing positive for anything at one point, you'd become at least extra cautious? Yeah. Like, wouldn't you be double, triple checking it, having multiple whoever's doctors, trainers, uh, nutritionists, uh, Anybody, you could get to check your your stuff. Wouldn't wouldn't you want them to check it? it like I said, biggest fight of the year, and yeah. he, he lost it all. Won the fight, but lost it all. Yeah. Well, now popping twice. I think this opens up questions where, like, are you going to fault anybody if they ask now? How long has he been taking stuff? Cause, I mean, I feel like that's what happened with Chael Sonnen. Uh, that's happened with, uh, with, with your boy Trey. Vitor. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you take it, 
you, you get you get in trouble enough for this, uh, it, it clouds your whole history. Yeah. So I mean, it's like already out of the woodwork. I mean, Chael Sonnen already said he felt like he was probably on someone they fought. Oh, and yeah. and Chael said like this is coming out from somebody that was juiced to the gills when I fought him. <laughs> like that, that was his own words basically. <laughs> So he was like, and like, I had never seen anything like it when he went up against him, just the, the strength to go along with that athleticism. And I mean, really, can I say, oh, this is just sour grapes now? I mean, Stu's popped twice. It's like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, just a question for you guys. Uh, you know, John Jones, uh, you could argue, you know, possibly greatest fighter in MMA history. With this, how much does that hurt his career? Y'all think he's out of the discussion? Uh, not even top five, top ten. Like, what are you? What are your thoughts on this with these uh, drug tests or stuff? I mean, in my eyes, I can't. I can't. I can't put him in there. Just yeah. yep. Yeah. It's it, to me, it's 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 like the baseball Hall of Fame situation. You know, you're looking at these guys who juice, and and I think a great example is Barry Bonds. You know, everybody knows, you know, by the letter of the law, he's the home run champ, but how many people are actually saying he has the home run, he's the home run leader? Like, a lot of people are going, yeah, but look at him in the second half of his career. Look at him in his last few years in San Francisco. Like, he has that stigma just floating around him like a bad odor. And and that's going to be John Jones now. Like everyone will just say, "Yeah, he was really good," but dude, dude was you know yeah. popping bills. So how how many fights of of his were clean? Yeah, and it, it'll it'll be and like Darnell said, it, it it's going to be the raised question: How long has he been doing it? And I I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those things where uh, the question may go unanswered for a very long time. Because I bet eventually he may have some sort of a sit-down interview where he's just like, yeah, I've been doing it for, you know, this long. And since I fought this guy, you know, that might happen. But I, I bet it's an answer that question that doesn't get answered for a while. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, anything else to add for UFC? No. Man. Just can't wait for uh two sixteen, man. That's uh that's gonna be a nice card, man. So that's coming up. Uh, I think they put uh DJ and Borg on the two sixteen or trying to get that on there too. So that for already stacked card as well, that that's that's gonna be a fun one to watch for sure. Yeah. But uh still talking combat, uh sports about to get into boxing. Uh, a lot of people were hyped about, you know, Mayweather versus McGregor, but I think this is the true, uh, fight of the year, um, in terms of boxing. Uh, if you're a true boxing fan, I think you would agree with this one, with what I'm saying as well. But we got Triple G versus Canelo Alvarez this week. Uh, these guys are two beasts, um, in their prime. You know, I appreciate about them. Both of these guys are just in their prime, uh, not waiting for, you know, what they, uh, their opponent to fall off or anything, they just going right at it. Uh, but yeah, Triple G versus Canelo, man, this week. Uh, Darnell, what are your thoughts on this fight, man? 
I mean, yeah, this is, I mean, this it's not going to make the money that, you know, the the circus show of yeah. McGregor <laughs> may want this this will be the far better fight. These are two guys that are pretty much at the top of the the sport of boxing. Uh, Canelo coming up in weight to fight, you know, showing that kind of heart to do that. Uh, Triple G, who's he's been a champ for what about seven years now? Yeah, twenty ten. Yeah. You got his first middleweight title, so you know. We we have two elite fighters going at it, and I mean this should be an amazing fight. Yeah, just get a little tail of the tape of the guys, you know, uh, Gennady. You know, he mostly fights that middleweight, but he's thirty-seven and 33 wins by KO. Uh, he's thirty-five, I believe, and then we have Canelo. Uh, he's twenty-seven, uh, fifty-one, one and one has well, no, excuse me, uh, fifty-one total fights. 49, 1 and 1, and uh, has 34 KOs. He's going to be moving up weight uh, to get it in with Triple G. Uh, both of these guys got some power and everything, man. Uh, but just how, how how you feeling towards this fight, Darnell? Uh, who are you leaning towards? I'm leaning towards Triple G. Uh, and I mean, I, I, I love Canelo. Yeah. Like watching him fight. But I mean, this is a tall task. He. he He's going to be the smaller fighter in, in this. Uh, and, and yes, he does have some power, but, you know, so does Triple G. And Triple G has been at this weight class. He's a natural at this weight class. He throws a lot of punches. And, you know, I, I think uh, that might, it might be a little bit of a shock to the system for somebody moving up. And, you know, this is going to be his first fight against somebody of this kind of size that, you know, can muscle him like this. Yeah. I feel the same way, man. Um, you know, I like Canelo as well. I just think with him moving up in that weight class to fight Triple G, uh, Triple G, uh, just been handling business in that weight class, uh, at people that have already fought, you know, at the same weight as him. Uh, so I just think for Canelo, that's just going to be a huge task for him. Not saying that he can't do it, but, uh, I'm just going to go with the guy that's seasoned in the, uh, weight class. And, you know, Canelo, he's a great fighter. Uh, usually what I look for with guys that weigh less than, uh, that's moving up in weight and I look at their speed, uh, cause usually got a ways more is, uh, gonna have the power and everything that got a ways less is gonna have the speed. With him, Canelo, it's not really a speedy, flashy guy. He's gonna go up in there and lay some punishment on you. So if this was power versus speed, I could, you know, lean towards Canelo a little bit more. I just think with Triple G in that class, uh, just how I was handling business that middleweight, I think it's definitely going to be um, his to win. So I think it's going to be a very close fight, but uh, I'm leaning towards Triple G. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm wondering how to, how the extra weight affects Canelo's speed and, and power. Yeah, and, and I was reading this man uh, in terms of Triple G. Um, you know, just saying that he fought 37 uh, professional fights, uh, but all together throughout his whole career, amateur and professional, uh, he fought 387 fights, never been knocked out or knocked down in the ring, man. So, uh, I that's think amazing. that's, yeah, you know, that guy's chin is just absolutely amazing. So for, uh, Canelo, uh, with a task on him, he already said that he's going to try, uh, go in there and knock him out. 
Uh, but this guy's chin has been tested time and time again. You know, if it, if anybody could do it, it'd be Canelo, but I, I don't think he'd be able to pull it off, man. So, uh, what do you think? You think this is going to be a knockout decision or what? I'm leaning towards decision. Yeah. I, I feel the same way, man. I, I, I like Canelo. I don't think he's going to go out in there and get, uh, knocked out. Um, I think both of these guys are going to respect each other, uh, respect each other's power and ability. So I think there's going to be, they're not going to go out there just going in there swinging, trying to kill each other at first. It's going to, they're going to be filling each other out a little bit. So. Yeah, there'll be some power shots thrown, but these are two boxers. Like yeah. they, this, this isn't going to be a fight. It's going to be a boxing match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So definitely, man, I, I'm really excited for this fight, man. I'm a little bit sad too because you got a couple of guys, you know, left up in the boxing, uh, in the boxing realm that could do their thing, but I really, unless they can get like, uh, somehow Andre Ward, uh, he could move up, move down or whatever, uh, to get into these, uh, to fight one of these guys. Um, I really don't see any other real fight, um, worth being a pay-per-view worthy. Uh, you know, I know they were hyping up Adrian Bronner uh, earlier in his career, but, you know, he's going through his issues and everything, yeah. too. So, uh, yeah, this could be, like, really the last boxing match really worth watching, man, in a long time, at least. So, it's... Yeah, it's like the last of the, you know, boxing super fights. Yeah, because, last of a dying breed, these yeah. two. Because so. I, I don't think either of them have anything for Ward. He's... He's just too much of everything for him, too big, too fast, too powerful. Yeah. yeah. So, this could be it, man, unless your boy, uh, Roy, uh, wants to, you know, somehow set up a match. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's still going at it, man. So, yeah. But all right, guys, um, anything, uh, left for anything else you got to add for, you know, just boxing and UFC? Oh. Decided for this fight, man. Um, all right. Up next, we're about to go into NCAA football, guys. Uh, had some more good games last week. Uh, just what were your thoughts on last week before we get into this week a little bit? Step in there, Ty. You've been quiet. Yeah, yeah well, I guess this is a little more my speed. Um, you know, last week we, we hit some pretty good games. Um, you know, I guess personally, I ended up pretty poor on my picks last week, but I feel like I should have had Notre Dame, man. Notre Dame should have put that game away. <laughs> like, I was a little disappointed, even though it was a great game. Like, don't misunderstand me. I think it's fun to see some familiar faces coming back to life, like Notre Dame being one of them. They were ranked. Yeah. Um, they're going to, I believe they fell out of the rankings. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they're, you know, one good win away from jumping right back in. Yeah. Um, Georgia's another team that looks like they can uh, come come back to life here and have some national relevance in the SEC East. Uh, you know, so I, I like the fact that we're seeing some familiar faces come back that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, you know, I... Since we'll talk about that Ohio State uh, Oklahoma game, I, I won't touch too much there. But yeah, just in terms of college football, I feel like it's it's a very healthy sport right now. You know, we're getting a lot of 
like I said, familiar faces rising toward the top. Uh, you know, with us being a Big Ten country, it's good to see the Big Ten have teams solidly ranked within the top ten. Uh, I believe we have, what, four in the top ten right now? So in terms of, you know, we're looking at best conference in football, I mean, it's nice to see that the Big Ten's well-represented inside the ten best right now. So uh, I love college football. We all we all do. Uh, it's It's a great time of year. But uh, last last week, a lot of fun. There were some good games. Uh, we're going to kind of take a little bit of a down week in terms of some of the you know big time games. But uh, yeah, it should be another fun week ahead. But you never know what can happen. That that's the joy of college football. Yeah. Just real quick, man. Uh, I know you're talking on Notre Dame. Uh, yeah. Notre Dame. Notre Dame just one of those teams, man. They just gotta mm-hmm. earn. Trust and respect back a little bit, man. It's just been iffy, um, you know, just previous years. So I, I, I just got to see, you know, a little bit of consistency oh. with well, yeah. the team before I, I pick them. But uh, that Notre Dame, they definitely had a shot at uh, winning that game, man. Just some yeah, I, little costly mistakes, but it just yeah, for sure. Just you not, know, I, yeah, well, yeah, go ahead. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I just kind of thought, you know, they'd have, you know, the whole crowd. Uh, really, really back in a big game. That place will be loud and rocking. And I thought that'd give them you know, at least three points, uh, you know, with, with the home crowd advantage there. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's been kind of weird. In the last handful of years, it's been defense has been their issue really since their national championship appearance. The defense was really their, their Achilles heel, their weak point. Uh, you know, just the, the big question mark we had on them, and now now it seems to be their offense. Yeah. You know they can't they can't really move the ball. In a lot of ways, they're like Florida. You know, solid defensive team, but the offense seems to disappear for big stretches of time. And that that's how I felt about Notre Dame against Georgia. It felt like they seemed, you know, to move the ball, and then then they'd get on the other side of the fifty, and then they couldn't pick up a third down and had to punt. It it seemed like that was just a game of field position. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, go ahead, Turner. Well, I was gonna say, and that one was rough too, just because I mean Georgia didn't play great either. Yeah, yeah. So, so I I just wonder, like it opens that question up. I mean, everybody thought that Notre Dame was going to be back more towards what you would expect this year, based on what kind of talent they have. But you know, to to drop that one to a team that wasn't playing that great in Georgia. I, I wonder what is the real Notre Dame this year. I, I mean, I don't think it's four wins again, but I mean, it's top twenty-five team. Yeah, they'll be one of those teams that you know, pops in a very average bowl game, uh, faces a very modest opponent, and can possibly win a bowl game again. But yeah, you know, I, I'll agree. Ne- neither team looked fantastic. And both teams definitely had a lot of opportunities to put the game away, and just neither of them did. And uh, it still raises a lot of question marks around Brian Kelly. Uh, it's, it seems when like that seat finally yeah, get hot. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, I well, think it's already hot now. Or I think it's hot. I, I I don't I don't know if they're close to firing him. Well, let me put it this way: it's heating up. The, the seat warmer just got flipped on. 
Well, yeah, I was going to say it's probably starting to get warm because, I mean, if they show improvement, like I I think they probably got to win six or seven games. They they have to be bowl eligible after, you know, being pretty abysmal last year. Uh, but, but yeah, if they show improvement, he'll probably have another year. But, I mean, if, if they – if they go sub 500 again, I, I don't think it's out of the question that they fire. Yeah, you know, and, and I guess a, a point there, like, it, it doesn't necessarily seem like Notre Dame that's unhappy with Brian Kelly. It seems way, way more the fans, way more, you know, just the Notre Dame community as a whole, I guess. You know, they're, they're tired of poor football. Like, I understand what that's like. Darnell understands what that's like. It doesn't always yeah. fall on the coach. Like, yeah. Brian Kelly and Grant, the coach gets a lot of credit he deserves, but he also gets a lot of credit that he doesn't deserve. And when a team is in a position to win a game, it's like, yeah, head coach gets the team prepared. The head coach, you know, some head coaches call plays and, you know, strategic timeouts, puts players in, things like that. And and I don't know to what exact level Brian Kelly is involved with play calling and stuff like that for Notre Dame. But I think he gave it up this year. He yeah. was doing most of it, but he, he yeah. relinquished that power this year. Yeah, and, and that's so that's what I'm saying. I don't know what to extent he's involved with that kind of stuff anymore. But it, it's just one of those things where it's like the players didn't put the game away. Brian Kelly couldn't put the game away. Like that's not yeah. something he's able to do. So you know it's. And we've said this before, you know, all the pressure is on the head coach. If you lose, the head coach's fault. If you win, a player gets praised. You know, if you, you know, at the end of the season, you see the record, that's reflective of the coach. You know, it, it's just, th- those are the breaks of being a head coach. Well, for, for Brian Kelly, he also just, he doesn't really create goodwill for himself because of, like, his own little antics, you know, he, he's seen as a bit of a toolbox for how he treats players, how he treats the media. He, he can't take blame for anything a lot of the time. So he doesn't, I, he, he doesn't help himself a lot. He, and I, I actually uh, told this to somebody the other day, Brian Kelly does not lose leadership. No. So, you know, a culture, it's the thing Notre Dame's been lacking. They've been lacking the winning culture. And a winning culture starts with your head coach. I'm sorry. Like, Brian Kelly just does not say winner to me. Great. He did a Grand Valley, and that's totally fine. He did, you know, just about everywhere he's been. But last year's Notre Dame, not so much. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he just does not lose leadership. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Grand Valley was a certain thing just because, you know, he was just way ahead of the game at the Division yeah. Two level. Uh, as far as his scheme and, and he got the talent for that level. But I mean, just, I guess my own little inside information here, like I, I'm good buddies with a former backup quarterback there. Okay. And oh, really? he, okay. he plainly told me, he was like, that's the worst coach I've ever played for. Like, mm. you know, uh, he, he, he knows a lot of football. He, his, his, uh, his scheme is amazing, but he, he's like, I would never want to play for a coach like that again. Wow. And like, so it's like that's, I mean, I, I've taken that to heart. Somebody that had to deal with him for, for four years, just yeah. All right, guys. Uh, anything else 
uh, to add on that. Oh, uh, I don't. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Notre, Notre Dame's a, Notre Dame's just a dirty laundry pile that'll take forever to sort through. <laughs> Oh, man, it's a good way of putting it, huh? All right, guys, uh, up next, uh, about to get right into the OU versus Ohio State game. Uh, just, guys, what were your thoughts on this one? Um, I was telling Darnell, man, I was just – just how uh, Ohio State's been looking uh, these last two weeks, I'm a little bit nervous for them, man. I thought they were going to come out, especially uh, with Oklahoma – uh, fired up, uh, ready to put in some work against them, man. They look sloppy, um, against them, in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they definitely could have done a, a lot better. Um, but so yeah, just, just a little bit nervous of them, uh, with this, uh, competitive Big Ten that they're in, man. So, uh, just what are your thoughts on this game in Ohio State? I mean, it was sh- shocking, uh, you know, especially with, what Ohio State was able to do to them last year. Basically, uh, the Sooners paid them back uh, with, with interest. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it feels like like kind of what like what seems to have have never caught up to Alabama as far as, you know, uh, losing so much talent to the NFL in a given year, but still being able to come back and be amazing. Ohio State's feeling some of that because yeah. what was it like? Pretty much, almost their whole secondary got drafted in the first round last year, and yeah. Yeah. it's been a big issue this year. They can't, they don't, they, they can't cover elite receivers. Uh, Indiana was throwing on them last week. Uh, Baker Mayfield just, you know, he if if you want to see his Heisman role, that they, they he just might show this game. <laughs> uh, you know, like make my case look what I did to Ohio State and finish it with them planting the flag in the middle of the field but uh, they they couldn't cover anybody on Oklahoma's side and JT Barrett seems to be regressing yeah uh, I don't know if it's a confidence issue or if uh, if there's some kind of disconnect with him and his his teammates or him and Urban but uh, this isn't the guy that everybody had high hopes for uh, coming in this year, he, he he's not looking like a Heisman candidate at all. He's yeah. looking like a not a, like he's not even looking like a decent quarterback right now. Yeah, I, I, maybe. Won't, I won't go that. Yeah. I won't. I won't yeah. give him that. But <laughs> but and, like he's a like a mid tier type quarterback. Like he he he's not looking like even a top five cornerback in in the Big Ten. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I even remember last year. Last year, we were all saying JT Barrett doesn't look like the first JT Barrett we saw, and it's still continuing to show. And and I don't know if it's pressure. I don't know if it's a true just you know inability to continue to evolve as a quarterback. Um, the the only thing I know is that I feel like. And, and especially when you're trying to get ready for the NFL, a mobile quarterback just doesn't cut it in the NFL. Like, we've seen it. Like, Russell Wilson's the closest thing we will probably get to seeing a successful mobile quarterback in the NFL. Um, but 
I, I wonder how much it's him. And, and I remember, you know, watching pregame for the Indiana Ohio State game, they were saying he's going to try to rely on his feet less, his arm more, pocket presence. And I'm, I'm just wondering, like, is he stepping away from his bread and butter, the ability to scramble, keep play alive, and really try to force this in the pocket stuff to be NFL ready, and it's just backfiring on him. Like, cause, cause, and Darnell, you'll completely agree. There's been no evolution of JT Barrett. He, he got, he was really good and he came hot out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's been just a plateau, if not a little bit of a decline. And, and I wonder how much that's him wanting to play at the next level and just not being JT Barrett anymore. Yeah. I mean, he, he's seeming like, that quarterback that had an amazing first year, but then once everybody else got some tape on him and yeah, yeah, saw the weaknesses, and he's he's not done anything to correct those or improve on those, and you know I I don't I just don't know if if because you know it seems like most of his big games since he you know got to take the mantle back after. uh Cardell left. He he's, he's been kind of small, in him. you know, like for majority of the Michigan game last year, like he did step up something in the fourth quarter. Uh, but you know, for majority of that, he was not very good. And we, we know what happened against Clemson last year, and then now we have this Oklahoma game. Like something needs to be fixed, and you know. Urban Meyer hasn't thrown him under the bus, uh, hasn't criticized him openly, but uh, they have some work to do uh, together to try to get this this squad back on track. Yeah, uh, if it, I hate to say this, and granted, you know, I I had a cool uncle overreaction to Florida State losing with one, losing DeAndre Francois, but. This almost gives me a week two overreaction of like, okay, so, you know, we, we watch Oklahoma dominate and look really good doing it. We have to start thinking, all right, if Oklahoma is going to be in the college football playoff, who's left out? And I'm sorry, right now, looks like Big Ten might get left out. Like, I, I, I like, go that far just because Penn State looks like that's they, okay. They yeah, that, that's fair. <laughs> That that's fair, that's fair. But I, I still think we need that. We we would need that signature win out of, out of Penn State. Penn State. I, I think Penn State would have to run the table here. I think they'd have to go undefeated and be a Big Ten champ. Like, oh yeah, I, I agree with that. Totally. Well, e- either I, I mean, granted, we still have what ten games in the season, and teams are gonna lose. Like, it's it's just bound to happen. Teams are gonna lose. But, you know, we were all saying the Big 12 is going to get left out. Doesn't look like that way right now. So, you know, I I just sit here and start to wonder, well, who who looks like they don't have, you know, their strong front runner right now. Now, granted, I guess I wasn't just thinking Penn State, even though I should have been. No disrespect to them. But I'm just sitting here, you know, I'm, I'm not sold on USC right now. Granted, they look good against Stanford. Uh, but I'm I'm not exactly sold on them. Uh, you know, I'm Alabama. In my opinion, I'm sold. I'm sold on Oklahoma now. Like I'm sliding them in. 
like if we were to do another like all right through two weeks, who do you got? Like Oklahoma's in. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, from where you're going, with, I think right now the the conference is scared that they may not get somebody in as an ACC. Uh, with with Florida State. Yeah. You, I mean, you think it? What they lost. I mean, Clemson has an outside shot they can run the table. Miami, dark horse, but. They they have to do the work and they have to have some things fall into place. Like you have to have a loss from a Penn State. Oh yeah. Or, oh yeah. Or, or Oklahoma. Or I mean, I think Alabama can lose a game and they'll still just yeah. be there just because how ridiculous they look. But uh, I think that's the conference that's kind of nervous right now about do we have a, a viable squad yeah. that we sneak into that. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's fair. And plus, with, uh, Clemson Louisville this weekend, if Louisville were to beat Clemson, then, then the question's oh. really, really on the table if, if the ACC could get somebody in. I throw the animal down and say that they're out if that happens. I would agree. Unless, unless Louisville just somehow turns amazing because they, they haven't looked great either. Well, the so. only, the only, I don't know whether to call it unfortunate or not, but, they beat Purdue in a close one. They beat North Carolina last week, but they're still outside the top 10. So you're looking at top five teams losing and still being ahead of Louisville. Mm-hmm. You know, a top three team loses, they're still ahead of Louisville. Like a, a one loss Louisville team, I don't know. I don't know that a one loss Louisville team's enough. Be, be, like you said, because they're, they're, for not dominating these, maybe, quote, weaker opponents. All right, guys, uh, got to bring it up, man, but uh, Baker and that flag, y'all thought that was disrespectful? What? Yeah, it was definitely disrespectful. I mean, I, I don't have an issue with it, but it was definitely disrespectful and I mean, I feel like feel like it was meant to be disrespectful. Uh I think I think Oklahoma came in there with a chip on their shoulders from last year and 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 Baker balled out. So, you know, uh, he kind of he, he felt the need to to show that, you know, he, that was his house. And, you know, I read an article over the weekend that if you ask Siri who owned Ohio Stadium, uh, Siri said Baker Mayfield. So, you know, yeah. he, he did, he did his thing. Yeah. Yeah. When it, it's, it's one of those situations where it's like, if you have a game like that, you can do what you want. Uh, if you, you know, have a, you know, quiet game, you probably shouldn't do anything. And, well, he had the, uh, he had the first, he had a huge game, so, uh, yeah, he deserves it. Great, great statement for Baker Mayfield for Heisman. Great statement for that. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm with Darnell. Definitely disrespectful. Uh, you know, he came out with that apology. Oh, I didn't mean for it to be disrespectful. It's like, really? Like, you're running out to midfield. You're running 50 yards with this flag. <laughs> And you put it in the middle of a giant O in the middle of the field. Like, do, do you think that's a friendly gesture? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, yeah, they won't mind me doing this. Yeah, 
So, I mean, you know, disrespectful. Yeah, problem with it. Absolutely not. That's, that's the stuff that just fuels college football. I love it. It's, 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 it's passion. And that's what Baker Mayfield's full of. So, yeah. You know, I have no problem. Yeah, only thing that sucks, man. I, I would have liked to see this uh, continue to go, but yeah, I think these were the those were the only two matchups yeah. set up for the two squads. So, yep, this is the second one for a home and home. So if Ohio State wants revenge, they gotta see each other in the playoff. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I don't think is happening this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. I uh, saw your squads play last week as well. Um, what were your thoughts on them? Did they uh, answer any questions uh, you had concern for them week one or still a little iffy on them or what? Uh, I guess I'll go. Uh, still yeah. iffy on that offense. Uh, not too iffy on the defense. Uh, granted, defense gave up 14 points to Cincy. Uh, yeah, you'd like a lot less, but, um, you know, after some in-game adjustments, you're going to expect a team to score at least once. Uh, you know, they, they scored twice. That's fine. But the offense kept it close for a while, uh, which shouldn't happen. Uh, Wilt Spate just overthrowing receivers, not looking sharp, but still finds a way to connect on a couple deep balls. Uh, so I, I don't know what seems to be the issue, but his arm's just not great right now, but it's good enough. Uh, the defense is going to carry this team. Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people are you know, calling for Wilt Spade to be benched. Uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, well, what about John O'Corn or Brandon Peters? And, I mean, like, I, I understand we're not satisfied with how Wilt Spade's playing, but I also understand that he has the most game experience. He's been on the road in tough conditions. You know, he fought back in the second half of that Florida game. Played pretty well in the second half. You know, I I still think it's it's his job until the wheels completely fall off. Um, granted, I hope it doesn't get to that point. But the way I'm viewing this Michigan team right now is I'm, I'm viewing it like uh, the Broncos that won the Super Bowl a couple years ago quarterback that struggles uh, finds a way to move the ball but the defense is what anchors them and carries them. Uh, and, and that's how I'm trying to view this Michigan team. Yeah, I still want Will and Spade to play a lot better. Uh, you know, they seem to be running the ball pretty efficiently right now. I hope they can keep that up against some of their beefier opponents later in the season. Um, but yeah, uh, Will and Spade's the big question mark. Uh, the defense is kind of the exclamation point right now. Uh, two pick sixes last week, uh, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, that offense has to take another step if they if this team wants to do anything this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, you basically answered everything I was about to ask. Cause, I mean, yeah. my my only big issue look watching them is yeah, Spade is those early struggles every game. I just wonder if that's going to come back and bite them at some point. Oh, and you'd have to imagine that it will. Yeah, because, I mean, he yeah he's not looking sharp at all. And, I mean, pretty much up until the defense just stepped up and took those pick sixes back, it was just like, ooh, is he going to throw them out of this game against Cincinnati, like, game two? Like, ooh. 
and and I mean, I, I I understand the fan base might be calling for. I mean, I don't know why they would be calling for Alcorn. Like, did they yeah, see Alcorn against Florida? Like, yeah, like that's that's not the one. Um, I mean, I stand by just like I feel like if if they do lose a game to where the playoff is out of the question, then it's like I, I think is Peters that's the last name for the quarterback, yeah. the freshman. Yeah, yep. yeah. I, I do think that Harbaugh may go to him after something like that just to start you know building his confidence and getting him game time. But but yeah, it's it's basically a space show for until they lose. I, I figure. But I mean, definitely some bright spots with the running game. Isaac looks mm-hmm. uh, ridiculous, and and the defense is looking good still. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. so, but yeah, that that quarterback is is the question mark for you guys, though. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as as far as my squad, uh, I mean, still not going nuts about anything, but uh, there was definitely some improvement from from last week. Uh, didn't give up a defensive touchdown. We're, we're the only team in the Big Ten that hasn't given up a defensive touchdown, uh, albeit against uh, inferior talent. But, um, but I mean, they're they're doing the things they should do. So I mean, I'm not saying that they're world beaters or anything, but I'm comfortable with where they are right now. Uh, stuff in the run. Uh, the young young defensive backfields looking better. There's still some some players that they're letting get by him, but uh, we haven't faced a, a higher rate quarterback yet. So I'm wondering what that will look like when we have to go against a quarterback that can you know possibly pick us apart uh, to see how that young secondary will do. Uh, stuff in the run though, and you know. Yeah. As far as last week, I, I feel like it's just cleaning, cleaning up some dumb mistakes. Uh, they allowed the fumble to be returned for a touchdown, and you keep kicking to their best player. He's going to return one, and and that happened too. But but otherwise, they they played well. L.J. Scott came back and had a much much better game. Uh, Lewerke, uh he seems to have a grasp on the quarterback, uh, the the offense, and you know he he's showing that he's the lead dog at quarterback. So I'm fine with it. Uh, not, I'm still not sure how good they are, but there's there's some bright spots where I definitely want to see how they look against better uh, a better opponent. I got to wait two weeks before the next game uh, against Notre Dame, but I'm looking forward to that. I think that'll be a nice bar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the work, can we say like sneaky mobility? <laughs> is that a is that an appropriate term here? <laughs> I don't know if you can call it sneaky anymore. I, I mean, well, he had two one, straight games where he's had gashing um, teams. What was it? Uh, was it a sixty-five or an eighty-five yarder? 60, I can't remember. Sixty-five yeah, 60, yeah. or sixty? Yeah, I, sixty-one. I, I think it was. Okay, I can remember how far it was. I knew. I knew it was a. It was a long run, but. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, I feel like against uh, against Western, they just kind of. I mean, they didn't win in a very fashionable way, uh, but they they played fairly clean. And and I think when when you're trying to get a team back on track, uh, especially from last season, um, you know, just it's, it starts by fundamental, be as mistake free as possible. 
don't get a lot of flags on yourself football. And, and I feel like that's the road and approach that they're trying to take. And, you know, they did a pretty good job of that last week. Like you said, inferior opponent, but it doesn't matter who you're playing to try and play mistake free football. <laughs> All right, guys, anything else to add for your squads? How'd you feel about them tied this week? Uh, I mean, they play some bums, so, uh, <laughs> you know, I can't complain. So they, they, they handle business. I'll say that. So <laughs> no, uh, no worries, uh, from how they were looking, uh, this week, you know, uh, they save was trying to, uh, you know, save up some, uh, not trying to go all out in the playbook and everything, uh, just with who they were playing. So they, they handle business like they should have. But I, I will will say this, Darnell, and I think you, you may agree with me. It will be nice. Granted, Ohio State's already one and zero in Big Ten play, but it'll be nice knowing that they are basically fighting for their life every single game. Like, oh yeah, like they they cannot afford another loss, and I wonder how that's going to carry them through the Big Ten schedule. Uh, you know, are they going to try and force the issue and maybe have it come back to bite them a couple times? Who knows? Like. And anything's going to happen, but it it's nice knowing that Ohio State already has a blemish on their record and is forced to go mistake free. How how confident are you with uh, Michigan? Uh, you think well, just in how, terms of beating Ohio State, or you, you just think in general? just how iffy uh, Ohio State? You think they could? Get that number one uh, spot in the Big Ten, or you you still? Well, I'm 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 refusing to look at Ohio State right now. Okay. Uh, it, you have to notice that they already have a loss. That's impossible to look past. Right. And and every every Big Ten team sees it. Granted, it's not a Big Ten loss, which still plays in their favor. But um, yeah, just seeing them with one loss, knowing that a two loss team has not made it into the playoff yet. Having one loss two weeks in is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not even looking at Michigan versus Ohio State yet. We have to go to Happy Valley. That's going to be, well, granted, we have to beat Air Force this week, and then we have to go beat Purdue. Uh, but, yeah, and Purdue's not looking like a pushover right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we, we have a couple games still to go. Then we have to go to Happy Valley, play play Penn State on the road. I only assume it's going to be a night game, and I wouldn't be shocked as long as both teams are still undefeated if it's college game day, it, unless that's already been announced um, that they're somewhere else. Like because that could that could very well be a top five or six matchup in, in prime time. That that could be. It, it, I think it has the potential to set up for a college game day visit, um, and that would be the ultimate test for Michigan on the road at night, Happy Valley, brutal environment. Uh, and if they, if they can't win that, then I don't know that they deserve to get the playoff. Well, that'll be the big test for sure. Oh yeah. And it's funny because, you know, living in Indiana, everybody says, Oh, do you think they're finally going to be, or do you think they're going to get Ohio state this year? And I'm like, why are we talking about Ohio state? We got to get past Penn state. <laughs> you know, that, that Penn State game is the most, in, well, if you want to go proper football etiquette talk, the next game is the most important one on the schedule. But the Penn State game, like, realistically, that Penn State game is the most important game 
and then it's the Michigan State game, and then it's probably at Wisconsin. At Wisconsin, then the then then we got Ohio State. I mean, we got plenty plenty big games to play before we play Ohio State. All right, guys, anything else to uh, add for your squats? Well, I, I guess I didn't exactly answer your question, so I'll just answer that real fast. How confident am I? Uh, not crazy confident right now with that offense, but the defense gives me a lot of hope. Okay. That's a good answer. Uh, okay, up next, uh, we're about to get right into Clemson versus Louisville, guys. Uh, this is going to be a big game for these two in ACC with uh, – FSU having that uh, injury uh, to QB position. Uh, these guys right here are trying to see who's going to be number one uh, in their uh, conference. So what do y'all think about this matchup? It was a good game last year. Uh, Clemson uh, pulled off a close one in Clemson, but this time they're going to be traveling to Louisville for this one. Uh, see if Lamar Jackson still has it in him uh, like he did last year. So. What do you guys think of thoughts about this game? It's a big one, and uh, there's there's stuff to be seen on both sides here. Uh, how much growth do we see from Lamar Jackson uh, as he makes his way uh, trying to put put together another Heisman case uh, for himself? But uh, we also see if if Clemson is rebuilding or if they did indeed reload. Uh, they Look solid. They they beat a, a game Auburn team last week. Uh, but I mean, this is a team that is used to seeing them, so there's not going to be that uncertainty or or fear facing them. So yeah, I'm interested in this game. Yeah, I mean, how could we not be interested in this game? Uh, it's last week was a great test for Clemson. Uh, fought through it, won a good game. Now they're turning right around and playing another on the road. Um, yeah, I think I think Clemson's defense. Uh, I don't want to say they don't get the credit they deserve because they get a lot of credit, but that I think that defense is for real. Like they are a top NCAA defense. Um, the the question I think think still falls on. You know the quarterback play. Is he going to be able to respond on the road? Uh, responded very well at home. Uh, a bit of a slow start, but granted, you know Auburn's no pushover team. Uh, yeah. Is he going to be able to, you know, go on the road, win a very important conference road game, uh, and you know, is the game going to fall on the defense? Is Clemson going to? play solid offense and solid defense like it, it it just comes with the territory of a big game a lot of unknowns and especially when you have a young quarterback so uh, I think you know Lamar Jackson's going to be up and ready to play I think he's going to be very prepared um, you know it, it's going to take more than Lamar Jackson though um, yeah. you know there he's going to need some you know help from basically everybody on the offensive side of the ball he's going to need some big catches uh, some big runs from somebody other than himself. Uh, granted, their defense needs to step up. Their defense struggled to stop North Carolina and Purdue. So their defense is definitely going to have to step up as well. But a uh, very intriguing matchup. Uh, big game for both those teams, like I said, in conference. Just a big game. 
agree totally. Uh, just looking forward to see uh, how what changes uh, we see in each team from last year. Okay. All right, guys. Um, anything else to add for college football? Okay, now we're about to get into some NFL. Uh, first thing we got to start out, we got to start off with the home squad, uh, Detroit Lions. Uh, what were y'all thinking about uh, for their debut last week uh, for the season? Uh, good win, I think, for starters. A lot of people thought Arizona could make some noise this year, uh, possibly challenge Seattle for the NFC West, but I think thankfully, you know, we're looking at uh, Seattle's 0-1 if you're a Arizona fan. So that NFC West, granted, is week one. There's 16 weeks in the NFL season. It's up for grabs still. Like, it, it, no one's out of anything yet. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, the NFL, every team in the NFL that has to play Arizona should probably send Detroit a thank you letter for having David Johnson miss about uh, that's one, you know, less thing you have to game plan for when you're about to play Cardinals. Yeah. But you know, in terms in terms of the lines, it was it was typical Lions trail going into the fourth, do your thing in the fourth, win the game. Uh, Kenny Galladay might be that one draft pick that Detroit fans were hoping for. You know, that fourth to seventh round value pick that you take out of nowhere. Guy had. I believe four catches for like 67 or 69 yards and two scores. Uh, that's something we love to see, uh, you know, getting a solid third option, big target in the red zone. Uh, very, very good to see, but uh, still can't run the ball. Uh, that's going to be an issue probably till the end of time. We need to bring back Barry Sanders or something because they, <laughs> I, I don't think they'll get a 100 yard rusher anytime soon. It just doesn't look like it. Oh, uh, either that or they'll have to go play like a middle school football team and then just say they have a 100 yard rusher. But, uh, the defense was a little surprising for me. Um, you know, we, we know this defense is talent. These guys are in the NFL. Like you have to have some level of talent to be in the NFL. But, you know, they had three picks, a pick six. Uh, you know, they got on lockdown mode in the fourth quarter and really helped put the game away. So, overall, impressive impressive first week from the Lions. I'm encouraged. Yeah, that, I mean, that game was a tale of two halves. Um, As it always is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... There was there was some bright spots for the Lions. Um, I'm glad their second half looked a lot better than their first. Because I mean, wa- watching the first part of that game, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a long season for the Lions." Uh, just seeing not being able to run the ball, ball just getting thrown to the other team, and and not really stopping anybody. Uh, but. Lions took care of business. Uh, There's definitely some improvement that can be made. Uh, I think I don't think Arizona is very good watching them. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think I think Carson Palmer has walked up to that cliff that quarterbacks fall off of when they just go terrible, and because because he looked awful, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially after he didn't have uh, 
a second weapon to go to in David Johnson, and it was just all uh, Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald or nothing for him. Basically, they they became one dimensional and they looked bad. Uh, but you know, good win for the Lions in the NFL. Any win is a good win, even if you're playing the worst team in the NFL. They they did what they needed to do, and yeah, like Ty said, big bright spot is Galladay. Uh, he 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 might make up for Ebron. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, I remember back in the draft, you know, I was saying, where is uh what's his name, uh, GM, Bob Quinn. Um, you know, what is he going to pull that New England magic and find somebody in round four to seven that's going to be a steal? And like I said, as of right now, it looks like it's going to be Kenny Galladay. Uh, a lot of people hopped on the hype train after the first preseason game. Uh, he didn't get a ton of work after that preseason game either. And I think, you know, this coaching staff, office has known what they have and having kind of rested him a little bit. Um, but, you know, he showed out week one and he might be that that pick. Yeah, I've definitely been looking for and I'm sure a lot of other Lions fans have been looking for for a very long time because it always seems like we just kind of, you know, face-planted in the draft and have passed on a lot of guys that turn into, you know, really good NFL players. And, it's, and I've just been, you know, asking myself, what are we going to find just one guy that, you know, is a steal in a draft and it, it might be him. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Anything left to add for the lines? One and up. <laughs> <laughs> One at a time. Yeah. Big game next week. Yep. Uh, Monday or night. Th- this week, I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't know what to call it, but yeah. Uh, yep. Big game in the Meadowlands. All right, up next, uh, we're about to talk about Adrian Peterson uh, for his debut. Uh, I believe it was six rushes for 18 yards against uh, uh, former team Minnesota. Uh, he had a little spat with uh, Peyton um, on the sidelines. Uh, just what were you guys thought about that whole situation? Uh, I basically looked at it and was like, okay, this is the beginning of the end of this marriage. Um, I mean, they, I wasn't sure about this pickup even when it happened, just cause it, AP just, I mean, he, he's a, you give him the ball 20, 25 times and let him run into a wall until he breaks, breaks something, but that's just not how the saints work. Um, they they gave him some handoffs. He he had that what was it like a nine, nine yard, yard run? Yeah, early. that was the first run. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. But then after that, there was not much. And then the Saints got behind. And then AP is not a traditional pass catching back, so that pretty much made him useless to have in the game. So you know that that made them lean more towards uh, Kamara and and Ingram because they can at least catch and run with the ball and they've proven they can do it. So I, as, especially since the saints look like they're still going to have a terrible defense. So they'll be either trying to go in the shootouts with people who are playing from behind. Uh, I just don't think AP is going to work out with them. And it was nice seeing that nine yard run, but that 
that wasn't enough to let me make me feel like he uh, is that AP that could you know run for a thousand, twelve, fifteen hundred yards in a season. That's just not him. I mean, hey, it's only six touches, man. You know, you got to get warmed up. You know, so yeah, but I mean, I I still think Darnell hit hit the point. Like they were behind most of that game. Don't get me wrong. I feel like if they're trying to ice a game, he'll get more carries. But with the way the NFL is right now, Alvin Kamara seems like their best bet. I mean, he he played fifty percent of their offensive snaps. Mm-hmm. Like that's first NFL game, and you're playing fifty percent of your team snaps. Like they could have throw through Mark Ingram out there, but they chose to play Alvin Kamara. And for some for some reason, I just have a gut feeling that by the end of the season, he'll probably be their starter. Yeah, they they like his ability yeah, they, in the passing game. They like, uh, like the the fin- that last drive where they finally got their touchdown. Uh, they did use Ingram more there. Uh, I yeah. think Breeze actually threw to him like five or six straight times. Uh, so, but I mean, I, I agree. Is it's, it's going to be those two show uh, mm-hmm. one way or the other. Uh, they didn't. There wasn't much with uh, Kamara running in between the tackles, so I'm not sure how hard of a runner he is in there. Uh, but I don't think they need AP for that. Uh, I think Ingram's a strong enough runner for that if they want to slow down and run it. So I mean, I I think it's only a matter of time before AP is probably released. Yeah, I I just thought this whole situation was just weird from the start. Uh, you know, in terms of Adrian Peterson, uh, you know, looking for a team and everything. Uh, I was not expecting him to sign with New Orleans. But for this one, I- I'm a little bit uh, either way because, you know, Adrian Peterson, he's playing against his uh, former squad in the Vikings. Uh, probably didn't feel like everything went- should have went down like the way it should have uh, between him and the Vikings. So he's looking to go out there, get 20 ca- uh, carries and just run all over him and uh, just be a beast, uh, against his former team. But Sean Payton is Sean Payton. Uh, this guy, if you know, uh, New Orleans, you know, their schemes are going to run, uh, they're going to pass the ball a lot and they switch it up between their running backs. And plus, Adrian Peterson, uh, he went to a squad that they had a thousand yard rusher last, uh, year. So. Ingram was doing his thing. A pro Bowl rusher. Yeah, Pro Bowl. Yeah. So my whole kind of thing is like, you know, why would you like? What were you kind of thinking? Like, you people know how Sean Payton coaches. They know his offense. They already had a good running back that was putting up numbers last year. So it's kind of like, okay, like, what were you kind of thinking heading into the squad? Like, if you if you know how they play, like how. Could you kind of see it? But, you know, I, I feel bad for him just like on the emotional level because I know he wanted to go out there and just get crazy touches against the Vikings. But Sean Payton is Sean Payton. You know, that's how he plays football. He passes the ball a lot and he switches up running backs. So it's, you know, it, this was just a whole crazy situation uh, from the start, I believe. I, I did not like that move for Adrian Peterson to go to New Orleans in the first place. But that's the way it is. Uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of that was just Peyton wanting to be the smartest guy in the room. It's like I'll I'll grab Adrian Peterson and turn him into something. It's like, but why? Yeah. Um. You. Uh, and 
Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Darno. No, I was and and just from AP's point, like I I get yeah, you're playing your old team and you wanted to be in there to uh you wanted to show out against them and everything like that. But I mean, if if that was going to be one of your main focuses, you you picked the wrong team and the wrong coach the there to think that they were. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say pick, pick an NFC North team that you can. They'll give you the ball. All that. That's just that's not how the Saints run. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I was about to ask. Uh, Todd might not have heard you or anything like that, but uh, do you agree with uh, Darnell that uh, they're going to be releasing him uh, soon down the road? Or I. I don't know about releasing him only because it was a one-year deal and they may just say, hey, we'll just ride it out for the year. Uh, you know, maybe if they signed a two-year deal, uh, maybe, well, granted, in a one-year deal, you know, if you release him, it's not like you're losing a lot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if they'll release him. I, I think they're at least going to figure to see what they can do. Because, I mean, if they if they end up really competing for that NFC South with Atlanta. Uh, I feel like AP could be a very valuable asset for them. Uh, but, you know, I think we all agree their defense isn't there to stop Atlanta. So they would have to outscore Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, I, I, AP just isn't a fit. Uh, and especially if there starts to become beef between him and Sean Payton, yeah. then I think we're, we're looking at a bigger problem, possibly a locker room problem. And then nobody wants that anymore. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think they would release him just because it's a one-year deal, but I wouldn't say it's impossible. We've seen crazier things, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, you know, Adrian Peterson's run back. We're about to talk about some more running backs. Um, NFL rookies, uh, we had some rookie RBs that yeah. went out there, had some strong debuts. Uh, last week uh, to start the season off. Um, just what were your thoughts on that? I think it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, just good to see just that, you know, we might have a special crop of, of rookie backs this year, like uh, new, new golden age for running backs. Because, uh, I mean, I I just remember when I was, Coming up, I mean, like the NFL had Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith, Thurman Thomas, like, yeah, like you you go to pretty much any team, you could find a running back that was solid to like amazing. Uh, I mean, that was back in the day where you know running backs seemed to be a lot more important, especially if you had like a a great one that you know you could give the ball to twenty twenty five times, and they're gonna make something happen for you, uh, but like it's seeming like we might have a a crop like this, and you know they're from all from different parts of the draft. I mean, you you have your first rounders like your Fournette uh, getting uh, getting off and doing what he needed to do. You you have your out of nowheres like Kareem Hunt, uh, and you you know you got the people in the middle that people had hopes for or uh, like. Uh, like uh, Dalvin Cook and and I mean people that you knew w- were going to be a talent but dropped because of legal issues well not not even technically legal but uh, their history like like a mixing so I mean this I, I think this crop is special yeah 
definitely. Um, you know, we saw, you know, Fournette have a really good week. Cook had a good week. Uh, McCaffrey had a quiet week, but it was still good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hunt had a huge week. But you know, the thing I love about it is some of this we saw coming. You know, Leonard Fournette. I think we all saw him. He should be, you know, roughly a 100 yard rusher almost every game. Uh, granted, if he sees something like a Seattle or a Denver, you know, he, he may not come close to 100 yards, but you know, he should be, you know, very good every week. Um, and we saw that coming from the start. We knew McCaffrey was fit for the NFL right now. Dalvin Cook the same way. You know, we watch these guys every week in college football. Then we get, you know, Kareem Hunt from Toledo, who people may have seen play once. You know what I mean? Like you said, he came out of nowhere, and, and that's that's the fun of it. Um, if anybody owned him in fantasy football, you probably won your matchup. <laughs> that's but, me. Yeah, and oh, you had one it. of my leagues. Yeah, yeah I, had him oh, okay. in, I, I had him in one of my leagues. What uh, what round did you get, Hunt? Second. Oh, second. Okay. I, yeah, I, I wanted to snatch him before anybody did. I got stared at. People thought I was crazy. Yeah, but. Oh, okay. yeah no, he's, he's the real I deal. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's the real deal. But, you know, we're, we're getting a really nice core of running backs in the NFL right now. I mean, even if we look at last year, Melvin Gordon really hit the scene hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a third year back. You know, we, we just got a lot of nice young running backs. Um, that, you know, we should be seeing for the next five to ten years, hopefully. Uh, and, and that's, that's exciting. I mean, running the ball isn't always, you know, the sexy thing to do, but, you know, it, it's nice that we're going to see or hopefully see some stable names and faces for a while. Now, out of those, uh, out of the running backs guys, uh, the rookie ones, um, who do you think is the most promising RB? That, I, I feel like that's an unanswerable question. Mainly because I think if we're looking at who's going to be the best, like, in between the tackles runner, you're probably looking at Leonard Fournette. If you're looking at who's going to be the best versatile back catching the ball out of the backfield, we're probably looking at Kareem Hunt. Well, it could be a three-way tie between Hunt, McCaffrey, and Cook, really. Um, it's just Hunt had the huge week one, and I don't think we should just be so quick to just say he's going to be the best one. Yeah. It's only uh, one week, man, so it's... Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I, but but I, I do think Fournette kind of stands head and shoulders in terms of running between the tackles. Yeah. That, that's his forte's bread and butter. Uh, and, and I think all the other guys are very, very evenly matched in terms of versatility. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fournette's definitely, like, he, he's that throwback running yeah. back for you. Like, yeah. just hand him the ball and say, run forward, big man, and knock some people over, uh, and he'll fall forward for four or five yards. Uh, but I was impressed. He, he did have, what was it, three catches, 24 uh, yards? Yeah, three or like four. Yeah. yeah, so... So I mean, he showed a little bit of willingness to catch the ball. We we didn't see that at LSU. So I, maybe he always could. They just didn't could do it throw it at LSU yeah. too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't have a quarterback that could pass. That's true. Uh, so I mean, I, I was impressed by that. But I, I mean, I, like we're saying, this is week one. But I mean, just from what I've seen, I think 
the ones that pop at me most were would be either Dalvin Cook or or Kareem Hunt. Just Hunt because he he got put in the perfect system for what he's good at. KC produced uh, some good running backs, man. Dang. Well, and and Andy Reid, Andy Reid yeah, with, yeah. with with a running back that can catch and has some wiggle that can. Because I mean, you, you what he's done with Darren Sproles, what he's done with uh, yeah. uh, Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware, what he did, what he did with uh, I, I'm losing uh, Jamal Jamal Charles, Jamal Charles. Yeah. Well, I'm, th- I'm trying to go back to Philly. Uh, McCoy, oh, uh, Lashawn, or oh, what else? No, no, not McCoy. Oh, uh, uh, Westbrook. Yeah, Whoa, with Westbrook. Yeah. I mean, he, he that style of back he can make magic with. So, I mean, I'm not even saying Hunt is like the most talented out of all of these, but just being in that system is if he can be married to Andy Reid for a few years, you, you got a guy that's going to make a lot of noise. I'm not sure if like that means like Super Bowl or anything for Kansas City. I think they still have to get a better quarterback for that, but uh, he, he, he can make some things happen. And then Dalvin Cook, I just feel like he can do anything you want on a football field. He's he's just that kind of one one of a kind talent. Yeah, and I, I guess if you're asking me who who was I most impressed by, honestly, I'm just going to answer all of them. Uh, you know, like I said, McCaffrey had the least to talk about. All the other guys would, you know, for you know over a hundred all-purpose yards. You, you don't see too many first-game players doing that, uh, and I guess. Not running back, but you know, we mentioned Kenny Galladay earlier. We we don't see you know first game guys having big games like this usually. So maybe it's just a special group of rookies. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, ready for the pickups? Yeah, I'm gonna do better this week. I, I let everybody down. <laughs> yeah, I let everybody down. All right, Darnell's doing his thing so far with both of them. Uh, he's ahead. What uh, you expect? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's ahead, man. Uh he's nine for eleven. Uh in the college uh football, me and Ty were tied eight for eleven. And in the NFL he started off strong, man. Four for six and me and Ty were two for six. So we gotta so step our game up, son. <laughs> Bring it. All right. Uh, for the first game, we're about to start off for NCAA football. Uh, we got Coastal Carolina versus University of Alabama, Birmingham. So, who y'all got? Give me, uh, I believe they're the Chanticleers, uh, Coastal Carolina. They're one and zero. UAB hasn't had a football team in a while, so <laughs> give me, give me Coastal Carolina. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with them Blazers. <laughs> Right. Can we consider that a hot take? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give me uh, Alabama, Birmingham, man. They they write they close to the tide, man. So maybe that'll rub off on it. So uh, up next we got Cincinnati versus uh, the University of Miami of Ohio. Who y'all got? I got Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna hop on that Cincy train as well. Yeah, they they showed a lot of heart against Michigan. I'm I'm going with them too. Okay. I will say this though, they have one common opponent so far this season, Austin P. And uh, since he struggled with them, Miami Ohio dealt them pretty good. So I guess we'll see if 
if that means absolutely they were, anything. They were saving it for the Wolverines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were looking ahead on the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Up next, we have Purdue versus the University of Missouri. Who do y'all have? Missouri's offense is pretty electric when they're clicking, but I, I don't think they've seen a Power 5 team yet. So, uh, I don't know. Give 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 me the Missouri offense. All right. Yeah, I don't know where to go on this one. Give me the Boilermakers. Okay. Boiler up. This was tough for me as well, man. Uh, Purdue's looking good uh, for the to be in the Big Ten. Uh, to be in the Big Ten. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. This guy. Yeah, they finally yeah. look like they belong to be in the conference. Yeah, part of me wants to roll with the SEC bias, but I think I'm going to roll with Purdue on this one. Yeah. But is Missouri even technically considered an SEC school? Yeah. <laughs> big, big 12 transplant. <laughs> yeah, satellite, satellite school. <laughs> All right. Now, next we have Ole Miss versus University of California. Jeez. Um, some games are just like, why? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, yeah, give give me uh, give me Cal. All right, Cal. I'm trying to make it tough, man. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with the Rebels. Rebels. I'm just going opposite tie. I'm just yeah, trying to keep a big lead, aren't you? <laughs> one of us is going to do great and the other not yeah. so much. pretty much yeah we went opposite just like almost well, everyone here maybe, so. maybe, since, maybe. since he's the only one we did the, we picked yeah. the same yeah, yeah oh, maybe wow. we can uh, maybe we can compromise and uh, you can take half the game so I'll take the other half and we'll be nowhere from where yeah. uh, give me I'm, I'm rolling with the SEC on this one uh, give me uh, give me old Miss um, up next, we have Tennessee versus Florida. Man, talk about two offenses that tend to struggle. Uh, jeez. I, I, this, this was one of the tougher ones for me, definitely this week. Um, man, give me Florida. Florida. Yeah, this one's hard too because you now it's like, well, Florida should at least have a whole defense now. Yeah. Uh, not, not sure if that means much, but that offense is oh, give me Tennessee. I, I here's the thing, I want to pick Tennessee, but I, I haven't. Like they, oh, believe off, me, even, even their I, offense struggled when they played uh, Georgia Tech Week One. Man, true. I mean, I, I for but some I'm, reason I think I think Florida's going to be able to do enough. They might, but they might need like fourteen points out of your D. Did Did you say the uh, the second coming of Jesus Christ, <laughs> or that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm. Part of me wants to go with Florida. The other part of me is saying that Tennessee's going to be down a little bit and then pull like one of those crazy comebacks they had they were having last year. But give me, I'm going to roll with you on this one too, Ty. Uh, I, I go with Florida. Right. 
All right. Uh, just real quick, Darnell, you uh, did you say Coastal Carolina or UAB? I said UAB. Okay, yeah, I put it on the wrong side. Blazers. Okay, yeah. UAB Blazers. All right. And last but not least, for NCAA football, we got Clemson versus Louisville. Oh, give me... I got Clemson. I think Clemson's going to pull it off. Jeez. But that Clemson, yeah, the Clemson defense looks good, but yeah, give me Clemson. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty comfortable in thinking Clemson wins this. Yeah. I think Lamar has a little bit too much on his plate for this one. Uh, I think so. But all right, uh, now we're about to go to the NFL. We about to start this off. We got Tennessee versus Jacksonville. Oh, th- this is that AFC South. There's just something about it right now. Jacksonville with a surprising win week one. Uh, but man, do I want? Their defense actually looked kind of impressive, albeit against an inept offense. But uh, well, yeah, like, like Bortles, man. I can't. I don't know that I can pick like Bortles. Give, give me, give me Tennessee. I picked them last week and failed. But give, give me Tennessee. All right. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm taking the Titans here. Give me Jacksonville, man. I, I think they could pull it off. Uh, up next, we have Philly versus KC. Kansas City. Kansas City. Tie. Chiefs. Chiefs for Darnell, and I'm going Chiefs as well. Yeah, they, they showed me enough last year. Yeah. I actually think they'll win the AFC West this year. Okay. Uh, up next, we have Dallas versus Denver. I picked against Dallas last week. Uh, they made me eat my words, so this I'm, I'm going to roll with Dallas. This no, week. no, no, no! Don't do that! Don't do that! <laughs> oh. oh man! Yeah, Dallas was my uh, one of my um, terrible two wins last week. Um, I think this will be a good test for their defense again. Uh, can they match? What uh, Denver has to bring, bring on their defensive side of the ball? Uh, I believe the game is at Denver. Yeah, at Denver. Mm-hmm. Gonna yeah. be uh, Yeah, I'll I'll take two no Dallas. Okay. Yeah, I'm going with going with the Cowboys. All right. Up next, we have Atlanta versus Green Bay. Fun Sunday night matchup. Should be a lot of offense. Uh, breaking in the new stadium, give me the Falcons. Alright. I'm gonna go with Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Give me ATL. Alright. The last game, we gotta end it off with them Detroit Lions. They're gonna be at Meadowbrook. Lions. Okay. <laughs> Lions. Okay, Ty. All right. 
How you feeling, Darnell? I, I'm, I'm going to roll with the Giants. Yeah, I'm, hey, I've you did that last week. Do it again. True. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming OBJ, OBJ is back this week. Though, just the Giants can't run the ball. They play a lot better defense, though. I'm, I'm going to roll with the G-men. Yeah, I got to fill yeah. on OBJ, so I'll come back too. So. Yeah, in reality, like this, this matchup's two very similar teams. Granted, Detroit defense, heck of a week last week, best their defense to look in a long time, but, uh, neither team can run the ball. Both teams are very pass heavy. You know, cornerbacks and safeties will get a lot of work this week. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, it's that time to close it out. Any final statements, uh, before we finish this up? Either Darnell or I are going to have an amazing week, and the other is going to feel <laughs> awful about themselves in terms of these pickles. I think I we not feel that. awful in terms of these games because Trey is pulling out stuff. That, yeah, he's coming out of the woodwork. I'm trying to make them difficult, man. So I do not work for ESPN. I have a job. <laughs> I hear you, man. All right, guys, anything else? <clears throat> no. All right, guys, as always, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Uh, you can check this podcast out on Stitcher, YouTube, iTunes, uh, Google Play. Just hit us up in that search engine. Uh, we should pop up. Also, feel free to check us out on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us at DKM underscore cast. Uh, but as always, we got some just good events coming up this week uh, in terms of boxing and football. So uh, it's going to be some good stuff to check out for sure. But we'll catch y'all on the next episode. Peace.